Thread podcast where we're creating a community for cool quilting newbies and experienced quilters to unite. Pull up a seat because you can always sit with us. We're your hosts, Lacey Messerly of Messy Quilts and Ashlyn Downs of Urban Dwell Studio. Before we get started with our ne- with our next guest interview, we wanted to just take a minute and say thank you so much for those of you that have left those five star ratings on Apple Podcasts. They have been so so helpful with us growing, and we wanted to just take a moment and share our appreciation. We hit our goal of. 50 rating or 55 star reviews or ratings and we have started on that quilt that we will be donating to celebrate um we have set a new goal and we'll be making a new quilt once we reach 100 so if you have not taken a chance to leave a rating take a moment right now and just select those five stars and help us meet that goal if you can um and another way to help us grow is to just share with your friends tag them in our posts on instagram share us in your stories what you're up to while you're listening you could tag us and we are at the grateful thread podcast and you can use hashtag you can sit with us and we want to see what you're up to while you listen or even if you're just going about your day and you're thinking of the podcast and you want the next episode to air let us know all right so for today's episode we're so excited to host and introduce you to our next podcast guest um we hope you enjoy this episode as much as that as much as we did Threadheads, today we have a guest that is a personal, real life friend of ours. He's been breaking down barriers and working to fight the stigma of mental health. He makes friends wherever he goes and has started a podcast community of his own, which we'll get to shortly. Friends, please welcome Johnny Barfus of Quilty Friends Podcast. Woo! <laughs> oh man, yeah. Thank you guys. Good morning, Johnny. So good to see you. So good to see you. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing so good. I'm glad to be here. This is How was your drive down? Oh, I had a chauffeured ride down with Ashlyn. It was great. It's a drive in the it boondocks. It is a drive, yep. Mm-hmm. I told a funny story about your neighbors, but we can relay later. It's okay. fine. Yeah. All right. We can touch on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you want to dive right into the I, I think so. I know I was going to ask, what do you think of the farm and all the things, but we can just dive I right in. I didn't see the farm much. I'm just, sorry. Oh yeah, I it's, it's covered basement. in snow. Yeah, yeah. Took we a tour just of the basement. Blindfolded him and brought him down to this basement for recording. No, I saw lots of quilts on the way in. Yeah, that's I had true. questions about. I mean, all the things. All the things. Well, yeah. Maybe let's jump on in. Yeah. Okay. Start us off, Johnny. Can you tell us a bit about yourself, and we can follow that with how we know you. Yes, I. My name is Johnny Barfus. I'm from Bountiful, Utah. Um, single gay male. <laughs> How's that? Yeah. <laughs> I have two dogs, uh, Buster and Winston. They're my life of my, the light of my life, the light, the something. Uh-huh. They're my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Been quilting for 20 years, 20 plus years. I don't think I actually knew that. Yeah. So my first quilt was for a best friend and yeah, been going ever since. Cool. That's awesome. And how we know Johnny. Oh yeah. And tell that story. Yeah, kind of. 
You tell it. What Media. story? Oh. Online. <laughs> yeah, we met online. We met online, like you do. Like you do. And then our paths kept crossing. Yeah. And I just kept saying hi. Yeah. And I was like, let's go have some fun. Yeah. <laughs> so we had Johnny and Lacey's day of fun. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was a really good day. It was a good day. So I think, I think we, I don't know if we ever actually officially met. I just kind of inserted myself into Johnny's life. Which is best. Yeah. We just crossed like enough me. that it was like, yeah. oh, we know each other. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, you know me and you, and you saw my heart jacket because every time oh, you saw yes. me and I'm like, you heart. saw me at the You're last like, place. Oh. I had to remind you <laughs> that you'd seen me before because you were always working at the booths and that's, I, vendoring is hard. Yeah. It's a lot of people. You meet a lot of people. Uh, very quickly. Sometimes you don't always remember them. Yes. And I always ask, I try to always reintroduce myself every time I meet someone, just <laughs> yeah. in case. Yeah. I'm like, hi, that's my a name safe is bet. Uh-huh. And, you know, hopefully they'll tell me their name. Yeah. And then by the time I, we made it to the quilting guild, when you and I started, I'm like, Johnny's here. You need to meet Johnny. <laughs> yes. So. Here I am. And then you met Ashlyn. Yeah. 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 Um, and we're also in another quilt guild together. Yes. The Northern Utah quilt guild. Yeah. We just, just double dip. Yeah. And I just committed... To Ashland, I'll be going next week. Yeah, on the way down here, he's like, "Oh, I'd like to go to that." And then he changed his like his phrase. He said, "I'm going to that." <laughs> good job. Yeah, <laughs> I intentional. Good. I'm going to it's that. It's good. It's hard. Yeah. Like sometimes I say, "Well, I'll try to do that," and you have to reframe it. Like, yeah. no, I'm going. Well, it's like you know, I'll drive for a half hour uh-huh. or uh-huh. for you, it's like an hour uh-huh. where you go. But that's our story. <laughs> um, she yeah, chose anyway. this. I did choose it. <laughs> Ready to leave again. Okay, so tell us about your like background, your creativity growing up. What sort of stands out from your childhood that you? Um, so I, when you sent this question, I was thinking about it a lot, and I I live in the town I grew up in, so I grew up in Bountiful. It used to be a small town. I, re- I liken it to like Pleasantville yeah. from the movie Pleasantville. Uh-huh. Or oh yeah. Watch Mayberry. Uh-huh. You know, very. Um, Anyway, I, I still live there in that town. I live there again, I guess you'd say. And driving past this place my mom used to work, it was like a, it was a wallpaper store. And I thought, I used to just spend hours like flat flipping through wallpaper <laughs> samples, you know? And then the fabric samples. And we were talking earlier when we got here, talking about like upholstery samples and stuff. And my mom was a sewist, a seamstress, amazing seamstress. She could just make anything. She made costumes and... My, my clothes, you know. So I spent hours in the fabric store too. So I can just remember that there's a fabric store in Bountiful on the main street, you know, a little main street business. And it had just racks and racks of, of fabric. And I remember being like, being little and hiding in them. And you know what I mean? So I just remember growing up there. So I think it's just always a part of me. That's right. um, my grandma was a quilter. My mom was a seamstress. My grandma, you know, I think everyone has people whose grandmas. You hear the story a lot. Well, I remember going over to grandma's house and lying under the quilt frames and watching that needle go up and down through the quilt that grandma was working on. So all, a lot of us have that memory. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the, ear, the earliest ones. On the way down here, you were talking about your dad being like a serial entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. And like the side hustle. Like he was just kind of like always have a side hustle. Yeah, my dad was always <laughs> trying to get me to, always trying to teach me to make my own money, I guess. Is how good to teach, you know. And like, I look at the things and I was telling Ashley, I was just so backwards. I felt so awkward and shy and whatever as a kid mm-hmm. that it, a lot of it was really lost on me but I think no I think I really did learn a lot from him and I grew up in a small business they started a business when I was 15 so I grew up in a small business 
and I just have always loved making since then I think I learned that from my parents so definitely and then what was the what was the side hustle that you were telling me about? Uh, one of them was train whistles. So you know, the little wooden train whistles. Yes. And they have a they they have these parades. So my dad was in a band. So they would march in a parade every 4th and 24th of July and every holiday. For uh, Stacy and Fargo. 24th of July around here. In Utah. Oh, it's, yeah. a second, it's, a, it's a second 4th of July. And sometimes it's, it's bigger. bigger. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. It, it like, celebrates it, Utah. Yeah. The, the founding of Utah. Pioneers. The pioneers. And my town is bigger. Like oh, August Metaphor. Yeah. yeah. It's huge. The 24th was gigantic. Yeah. So, and we train whistles. So my dad would like <laughs> buy the wood. Wow. He'd teach me to like do each step, you know, if we're just going to do this and then you're going to do this. That was one of them. Um, one of them he did like when I was young in like in junior high was uh, cube lube for <laughs> Rubik's Cubes. <laughs> so it was it's a family cubes. friendly show. Yeah. It's for the Rubik's Cube. <laughs> for Rubik's Cube. So when then Rubik's Cubes were big coming out, he made this lubricant that you could like literally put on the inside of your Rubik's Cube to make <laughs> it like it's turn easy. Yeah. So you're not like. Uh, yeah, exactly. Just smooth um, yeah, smooth turning of your Rubik's cube. I don't know, but he. I remember watching him design the logo. I remember him like I helped him with the packaging. We sold it in the local, you know, toy stores wherever. Get yours wherever Rubik's cube. <laughs> wherever you get your cube. Yeah. Wherever Rubik's cubes are sold. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this is like that's how I grew up. Yeah, and then in the family business, it was you know like when I was fifteen. I just saw the whole thing, and you know they sold it for money, and my dad bought buildings and rented them out and stuff like that. I mean, he just really made him made his own way. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, what was it like for you to leave home and go to school in Colorado? In what ways did you feel your world expanding, and in what ways did you feel fear or experience? Lack of support. That's a big question. That is so a big that's like just that's like just pick a thing. Just pick so, it and yeah. Just talk about. I, so I you left Utah. Yeah. A lot on the way down too. So um, when I was thirty-five, I went back to school. I never. I have don't have a degree in anything. Well, I do have an associate's degree. So that's pretty. It is. You know, it that's counts. something. It counts. Mm-hmm. I um, was going to the school for interior design of what we were, and. I I've always loved design like I like same thing like I remember you know wallpaper samples and all stuff so um, I was studying interior design and then it wasn't as hands-on or tactile as enough for me it was just very like Ashlyn said the word conceptual so in school it's all about making the design board but not really anything about the design so I, I remember one class I spent hours and hours thinking about the design and then put it on a board and the whole time we talked in the class, the review was more about the board, the look of the board, not what was on the design. And I was like, oh, this is really strange for me. I think that was maybe just one teacher. But anyway, it was there that I learned about um, a degree called industrial design. So that's the design of like furniture or electronics for mass production. And so I found a couple schools. There was ASU and then a school in Denver that had um, industrial design program. So I chose Denver. Well, I got into Denver. Let's say that Denver <laughs> chose me. And I did not get into ASU. Yeah. Um, so I went to Denver, but it was nice because it was like an hour. It's like, you know, a day's drive or whatever. I can't remember how long it is to Denver, but it's like, it's an like easy drive. 
but it was just far enough outside of Utah that I could get on my own. I really needed to just break out and be myself. So um, I tell Ashley, I told Ashley it was my coming out year. So it was basically the year that I was finally okay to say, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. It's not, I'm not going to burn in hell for saying yeah. those words out loud or something, you know. And it was usually a time to come into my own to, you know, be yeah. who I am. So Denver was great. I was only there, I lived there for a year, but I studied, uh, it was basically a first year of art school. So I studied like 2D design, 3D design, and um, basic woodworking and things like yeah. that, you know. So I made furniture and stuff like that. So I really liked it, but... Yeah, yeah. It, I didn't finish, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah, that's good. Fine. Yeah. Yeah, like just far enough away. That's really but cool. You said also uh, support and or lack yeah. of support. So my family, they were always okay with me being gay. There was That was a time of like a lot of, well, I took, I, when I was like 27, I kind of came out to my family, but it was, in the Mormon culture, I call it the pray the gay away, you know, like, it's okay to say that I have these feelings, but I'm not going to act on them, and so I'm going to try to get, stay in the church, and all that kind of stuff, um, that's the Mormon church for any curious Stacey Fargo. Trying to fight it. <laughs> yeah, so, um, if you've seen, uh, the Book Mormon musical, they have a song that's called, uh, turn it off like a light switch mm-hmm. you know you just turn those feelings off you know that's yeah. what they thought was the solution um but it wasn't the solution for me it didn't work so going to denver i met a lot of people it was the first time meeting people for me that were comfortable in their sexuality comfortable with who they were um and leading like productive lives you know i saw a lot of mm-hmm. in utah i saw a lot of alcoholism drug usage to people who were trying to numb the pain they're going through and i think denver was really good for me to see the other side of that to see that was like hey there's people out here that are successful and um living their best life you know so i made a lot of friends and it was really interesting to just make friends that were or date and not in a like a uh, hidden situation dating here was more like a secretive or i guess a shame-based dating i call it, you know mm-hmm. like hiding who you are and hiding from people and it just gets exhausting so this anyway. is my friend patrick yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. i went to christmas at this guy's house as his friend you know like we're dating oh this is my friend and like wow. your parents I mean, your family cannot be that stupid. I'm sorry. Right. Like, but, I mean, and you're fine. like, look at me. I'm, like, I'm a 10. I'm a 10. <laughs> I'm friends. <laughs> right. That's so the true. Kind of you it's thinking. true. <laughs> yeah. So I found a lot of support there. Good. But And my family's come around. I mean, you know, they've come around now for the most part. So... Everybody liked me for so, my way. And it was just a year in Colorado. So yeah, big, big year met, then. Yeah, because so I met someone here. I came back here for Father's okay. Day. Oh. I met a boy mm-hmm. and then, you know. I'll move back. Move back. Yeah. I'll move back to be with you. <laughs> Stupid, but it's fine. <laughs> Another story. Another, Another story. <laughs> okay, and then so what was your path to quilting like? When did you start? So I started when I was... Um, well, it's like 20 years ago. So my friend, my best friend at the time had a baby boy and, uh, we made a quilt for him out of like men's shirts. So like polo, like 
polo Nordstrom men's dress shirts. And so I went to the DI, bought a bunch of men's dress shirts. Oh, Goodwill, sorry. I went to the Goodwill Good. store. Because <laughs> not everybody knows what Stacey, DI is. Yeah, Stacey Varro, Stacey Varro the DI. DI. So the DI church base. is a, uh, a thrift store owned by the church. It's great because they provide a lot of jobs and everything. So and I went to the thrift store, bought men's shirts, like dress shirts, cut them up into squares, and sewed them back together. But we use like the pockets on each corner, so the pockets on the corners for like a binky or something. <laughs> Did the little pico edges, which is like the triangles on the edge, mm-hmm. what they call that. And then actually hand quilted it. So that was my only quilt I've ever hand quilted. <laughs> Never first again. And last. First, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> first and last. Um, but my like my my um, sister had learned from my grandma how to quilt, and I had another friend. My friends all helped, you know. So that's kind of actually my first quilt. But he's now that boy's now 21, 22, wow. off his mission. The mission is what Mormon boys do at eighteen, and then uh, yeah, he lives in Idaho. So he's yeah. So that's twenty he's, years ago. Wow. <laughs> so that was like the first one, but that was just the first of many. So I don't even know how many I've made. I have no idea. You don't keep track like, with mm. a spreadsheet like Ashlyn does. <laughs> well, it's I. I mean, I used to make them just for friends. I mean, you know, anyone whose son, you know, if a, a friend had a baby or someone in the neighborhood had a baby, I'd make them one. And me and my my friend would help me a lot. My best friend Julie, she would make. We made a lot together, and I we had a book that was a, a picture book of all the quilts that we'd made, and it got lost in my move. So oh, man, yeah. Yeah, so you're very much in the same generation I am that I started quilting for baby gifts because you, yeah. you don't really, no. you didn't really get into the baby gift no. thing, did you? For some reason, I don't know if it's like a traditional thing growing yeah. up that it's just that's how you learn to quilt so you can quilt for babies. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Because it's so much more economical right? to spend hundreds on a baby <laughs> on a yeah. and I could just buy Definitely. something from the registry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's handmade, interesting. Handmade is always better. Yeah, um, yeah my grandma made... I mean, I don't even know how many thousands. My grandma did keep track, and there's a book somewhere, but I don't have access to it. But she kept track of every quilt, Afghan, crochet item that she made, and who it went to, and things like that. But I have no idea. Hundreds. Hundreds. That's amazing. Maybe. I don't know. Dozens. Probably in the hundreds, though. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So tell us about your first quilt in QuiltCon. How many quilts have you made prior about, do you think? I have no idea. So you, that you was were like in. a few years ago. Yeah, you were. Yeah, so QuiltCon okay. was like five years ago. So you had already been years. I'd made a ton okay. of quilts. But I, I hadn't ever done anything. I hadn't made a lot of quilts that were just for me. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I Absolutely. always make people. I, I love to make quilts for other people. <laughs> but I hadn't always made a quilt for those just for me. So that quilt, well, I, in, the, in the spring of that year... Winters here in Utah are really hard. It's very snowy, dark. Um, we get a, what's called the inversion. So the atmosphere will get trapped against the mountains like in a bowl. And it just will be this dark cloud hanging Soupy. over you. Soup, like they call this, yeah, yeah and it's like green. Dark. It literally looks green some days. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's gross. It affects our health, uh-huh. you know. And so January, after Christmas, you got nothing to look forward to. <laughs> so I went to Hobby Lobby. I bought fluorescent fabric, and I just started making blocks like I like to. But I was like, I'm tired of make. I like to make log cabins. So I started out making just square log cabin. I'm like, no, I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to do a triangle log cabin. <laughs> so I started doing this, like, this um, triangle log cabin. 
And I thought, I really need to do something. I want to make this, but shades of gray. I want to do a, a quilt that is just all shades of gray. And then I was like, and that's when I kind of had first heard about QuiltCon was that time. And I thought, I want to make a quilt for QuiltCon. So I had it in my mind that that's where this quilt was going. And it was going to be a 50 shades of gray quilt. All, all not to do with that this movie. Book. And our book. Kind of. but also- <laughs> <laughs> no. I never read those books. Um, but I just wanted to do something that looked like light coming through the darkness. And that's what I really had in my mind was... Oh, we can post a picture or something. Absolutely. Yeah, we? it'll be in the show notes. Oh, in the show notes, you can yep. find a picture. <laughs> so I just wanted it to look like light piercing the darkness. And that's what I was laying it out. I had in mind and what I was piecing it, I had in mind. So um, I think it kind of achieved that. It was, it's just all shades of gray from black to cream. There's not anything true white in it, but um, yeah, but my, in the time of my life, I had just been homeless. So I was living in the place that I got kicked out of without much notice. And I just didn't really have anywhere to go. I couldn't find a place to live. You know, I, a roommate situation that worked. I had offers from strange people. I mean, not strange, but like <laughs> distant cousins. And anyway, my dad even said, no, we can't live without. You know what I mean? I just didn't have a place to go. So I ended up living in um, an airplane hangar, which was... Like the, it was basically like an office of an airplane hangar. So um, room about probably twice the size, like 10, maybe 15 by 30 or something. So it was kind of a larger office, no heat and no running water. So, and that was in November of that year. So November, December, January, um, living in an airplane hangar with no heat or running water. So just, you know, imagine if you will. Um, and I was doing okay. I haven't talked about this for a second. I was doing all right. I thought, you know, like I got this. I had friends come help me paint it. And my dad owned the airplane hangar. So I had, you know, I'd have to pay rent on it. I could kind of save my money and pay for po- propane. I filled a propane tank once and that lasted about a day. And I thought, well, that's not going to be economical, you know? <laughs> so I didn't have, I had space heaters. I think I had two space heaters that I would use and stuff. So anyway, it was in January and um, I woke up to like two inches of water under my carpet. So it had snowed and then rained. And then when the snow slid off the roof, it caused a little trough. Then when it rained, the water just flowed under the foundation, whatever, anyway. So this room that I was living in flooded and I just snapped. It was really the lowest I've ever been. It was the first time I really considered ending my life. Um, I mean, I thought about it before for many reasons. Usually gay being, you know, shame-based gay feelings or whatever, or just whatever, but it was the first time that I really had, I really thought about it, you know? Like, okay, this is how I could do it, you know? And, I actually could feel in my body like how it would feel to do that. And I had, I called up my friend. I had, a, I have a good friend that um, she's a really good mentor for me. And I just called this friend, and she's like, "You just need to find. You've been through a flood. She likened it to Noah and the flood. You know, she's like, you just need to find that olive branch somewhere. Just find that branch to reach out to and to latch onto and." I just hung on for some reason, you know, and she told me what she said to me too, was that 
I would, I would regret it. Like after it happened, I would go, Oh, I didn't mean to do that or something. Does that make sense? <laughs> she was intuitive enough to know that I probably would not, I wouldn't, I would regret it. So that helped a lot. And I ended up finding a place to live like the next week. And it was a person I'd been kind of messaging back and forth with. And they just reached out and said, Hey, you can live here and charge me cheap rent. And and later on, talking to him, he said, yeah, I just kind of felt like you needed a, a, a hand up. And so I've tried to do the same thing for other people in, the, in that same way. I've had a couple of people live with me who are going through a similar situation where I was just able to offer them a landing place to get back on their feet. So I got a new job shortly after that at the quilt shop. It was my first time working in the quilting industry. Um, but I had been frequenting this quilt shop and I love their fabrics. And I was like, I kept seeing the sign. I'm like, Hey, maybe I should work in the quilt shop, you know? <laughs> and it's been, that was the best thing that could happen for me. Cause I really saw how vast the quilting industry is, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think when you don't, I just didn't know that it was a thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, well, there's, cause Utah, we just have quilt shops anyway. You know, <laughs> we just have a million. Like we passed three on the way down here. We could, you know, <laughs> like basically. three that were like easily off the freeway and oh, we could hop in and just out getting to my house. Home. Just from my house, there's three <laughs> places to buy fabric. Yeah. You know, from my and house big, to and big shops. Yeah, 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 not small, huge. Huge. But anyway, so that was awesome. That was really what. Um, did I ask the question? Yeah, yeah okay, that was. I just sure. beautiful. Thank I'm you. So, so thank you. I feel like you recognize that you have really good friends and like they helped you through that. Oh. But I think a lot of that is because you are such a good friend. Yeah, like absolutely. You're an amazing friend. And I think Thank you. them being there is testament to like yeah. you and your friendship today. So back to the quilt con quilt. So <laughs> it was after I started working the quilt shop, I was like, oh, I need to do this quilt. So I was able to, I had access to all these beautiful shades of gray and um, my boss there, she helped me take a good picture of it when it was time to take a picture mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And so it was kind of a community effort, you know, really my, my good friend had a long arm and she quilted it for me and um, she helped me piece it. My sister helped me piece it. You know, my sister, my sister's always kind of been there to help me as well. She's a seamstress. So whenever I'm like, I can't figure this out, you know? When I make these crazy blocks and they won't go together, right? Because they're odd shaping and whatever. Um, yeah. So I, that got accepted in QuiltCon. What year was that? Pasadena? Um, Pasadena. 18. So 18. Yeah. That, that was, was my first, first year. One, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so that's when our paths first started crossing. <laughs> right. I just didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we, we could make a movie about this. Or, we should make oh my gosh. A small so short film. A small short film <laughs> coming <laughs> soon. So good. QuiltCon coming soon. Um, so yeah, that first QuiltCon though, was like amazing. Yeah. Um, just... I were walking into the Pasadena, whatever convention center and all those quilts of the same color scheme, like the pink, orange, yellow, purple, whatever, all those quilts down both sides of the hallway. And I was just like, I was in awe. Just, I get the shivers right now. I get chills just thinking about it. And I just knew that I'd found my place in the world, you know, like not that quilt con is my place in the world, no. but quilting definitely is my place in the world. So did you have that like mini panic attack feeling that I had at my first quilt con a couple um, months ago? 
like a, a good panic like, yeah, attack. Yeah. Like, I'd never seen you like that. Like, yeah, I'm like, are you are nervous you okay? that you saw it? Or were you nervous about other people? Like, I don't know, but I know my yeah. heart's pounding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, that first night, I went the first night to that opening reception, the, the award ceremony. Mm-hmm. And inside the award ceremony room, there's all more quilts, yeah. you know, everywhere. They haven't done that since. I think that oh, was the really? only year that, that they did that, they did where that. they had quilts in the lecture hall. Fill yeah. out your surveys, guys. <laughs> Get Fill it out back. your surveys. We'd like more quilts in the quilt hall. <laughs> the lecture hall. The lecture hall, hall please. <laughs> yeah. um, but I seriously had to walk. I had to go across the street and get them to eat and take a break because there was just so much. Even just the booths, you know, like all the booths are decked out with. And that was my first pretty, probably my first major quilt show. There's had been smaller ones in Utah that I attended, but that was my first real big quilt show. And just seeing all these booths that are selling all this stuff and their quilts in their booths are all modern and cool. And <laughs> it's a lot. It's just a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I had to like literally, like I went and found my quilt, took a picture and then I went across the street, like, ate a hamburger <laughs> or whatever, like tried to process all this beauty flying at me, you know? <laughs> anyway, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. And shout out to Gigi, who's also AKA Gigi. Dizzle. Are you? Yeah, Dizzle uh, Pop our, Shop. Our, yeah, our Gigi. Gigi. Yeah, Dizzle Pop Shop. Dizzle Pop Shop. She really rescued me on that sure. one. She, like, gave, I shared, she let me share her hotel room, mm-hmm. borrow the rental, the rental car <laughs> thing with me. I mean, she really saved my bacon on that one. I talked about that, you know, people who rescue me on my podcast. But anyway, yeah. So she really, Dizzle Pop Shop, Gigi, Thor's, Thorson. 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 I couldn't remember it right Thorson. off the bat. Thorson. Yeah. Sorry. Shout out to Gigi. Gigi I love you so much. <laughs> I know you're lasting. You know and you I know are. you're listening on this day that it drops. Yeah. We love She'll you, Gigi. For sure. she, she, She's our hype girl. Yeah. She should be on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then, so what are areas of that quilting community that you felt welcomed in once you entered? Like the shops, obviously. So, yeah, they sent me this question. I just said NA. I just didn't know how quite to answer it. Oh, so you said, first you said welcomed, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, in what areas do you feel like? Do you celebrated. Celebrated. Do you feel celebrated? Yes, like, I do feel celebrated. That's the thing. Like, working at the quilt shop, really, like, I just love the people. I love... I mean, I love working in small business too because it's just the customers are just so great. So I just loved working in the quilt shop and um, and meeting, like going to the guild. I just always felt welcomed uh, whenever guild. I've only been to the modern quilt guild. I have presented at other quilt guilds and I've always felt welcomed. Um, but and then the modern quilt community is very open minded, I think. So I've always felt welcomed and embraced there. Yeah, definitely. When you walk into guild, everybody's like, Johnny! <gasps> Well, anyway, thank he's you. like one of. Do we only have two men in our group? I oh, think, well, no, we got a new three. one. We maybe three. One. There used to be some guy in the Salt Lake one. Uh huh. There used to be some guys that would come regularly, but I don't know what happened to we'll them. Come back if you're listening. We just have Mr. Ogden now. Shout out. Yeah, what's his name? Randy. Oh, oh my, he makes some crazy quilts. He makes beautiful quilts. Yeah. But they're like crazy amazing. Like, yeah. So crazy. Yeah, anyway. his uh, improv one. Yeah. Christmas time was so good. Um, so what are some changes or, or shifts that you would like to see in the quilting community moving forward? This is another big question. Yeah. And I think it's so, <laughs> so I much, think, right? Yeah. So I just think just being accepting and welcoming to whoever happens to enter the space and not being so condemning. What's the word? Condemn. Criticizing. Criticizing. <laughs> condemning. Condescending. Condescending. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, judgmental, whatever. I just think people need a place 
everyone needs a community, no matter what. We're, but we're, as Brene Brown would say, we're made for connection. We're made to, we're built to connect to each other. Like that's part of our DNA is connection. And whatever we can do to encourage anyone who is seeking out a community, we need to be welcoming in, in them. So I, I know that's a big thrust of you guys your podcast but it's so true it's like we talk about the quilt counter the cut counter (laughs) (laughs) and the cut counter grinch origin story um but it doesn't matter who where someone's coming from or what they want to make you know like i being in the quilt shop especially people would come in and they just they bring in their samples or whatever they're working on and it was just like so fun to celebrate them where they're at and i think the more, the more that we can do that and be less of the um, the quilt police, you know, the judge, jury, and executioner of the quilt <laughs> police, you know, like, who cares if their first quilt, if the points don't match? Who cares if they're making a simple patchwork and the points don't line up? Like, does it really matter in the grand scheme of things? And I even, I mean, there's so many cute people who come in the shop and they're like, this is my big one, is apologizing for something you made. <laughs> we just said that again. I, I hate hearing someone apologize for something they just made. I'm like, first of all, you made that with your own hands. Second of all, you spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on it. You know, <laughs> you put your money into this thing. For husbands listening, it didn't cost a hundred thousand dollars. It was free. <laughs> well, I have a good story about that. Remind me. Okay. Make a check mark on that one. Okay. I have a good story about how much it cost. Okay. Um, but however we can be more accepting and just celebrating the people who are trying to enter this space, wherever they're coming from, uh, we just need a community that, that everyone, everyone, everyone needs to feel a part of the community. It's just how we're made. And there's so much division going on in the, our societies right now. The more that we can just embrace and encourage others to be who they are no matter what that looks like to us and really celebrate them you know like it feels for me being where i'm at now um i i mean i i'm a gay male in the quilting community so i have one up on the straight males you know what i mean like (laughs) have you seen (laughs) never mind (laughs) there's the uh you guys watch Modern Family at all? Any Modern yeah. Family fans? When they're like applying for housing or applying for a school or something, they're trying to get the girl in school and they're like, are you kidding? She's a lesbian. <laughs> Whatever, you know, like trying to outdo another on the disability scale. So coming into the quilting community, I know is a very tra- uh, traditionally female dominated. So I'm already coming in as an outsider, as a male, but with a gay male, I have a little bit of an up, I think. I have a one up, you know what I mean? Like, just a little bit of an edge, right? Uh Just kidding, for any of you who might not know my... But anyone who's trying to enter this space, let's just give them a hand and lift up, Mm -hmm. you know? Let's bring others up. That's the hardest part about going somewhere new or starting a new hobby and trying to make community is, like going yeah uh-huh. like doing the thing isn't hard right getting uh-huh. the supplies making the thing yeah but because finding the people doing the same thing is hard and intimidating yeah. well not one person can tear you down for your entire like could be the one thing that you yeah. flip the table over I think for we no talked reason about. too for no reason and we don't want that right because you don't know what you're going to make in the future right. like had you'd stopped when you first started yeah you would have never made that quilt I and that quilt needed to be seen yeah 
and I needed to make that quilt. And I think yeah, and you needed. It. I yeah, think that's, that's what true. I try to like get to focus on is is this these things need to be me these projects or whatever these items these quilts whatever it is they need to be made by me yes it's been done yeah is it past is this quilt anything new no has it been done by me though no so if you're thinking of a quilt and you want to make it just make the quilt it doesn't matter if it's been done before but it hasn't been done by you right so good i'm crying it's true <laughs> though you. like that's what so we good. talked about the ideas in the air was that that wasn't you. Think so. That was somebody else. Anyway, um, <laughs> Johnny's this, cheating. One of my favorite books is called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. If you haven't read it or listened to it, it's literally one of my favorites. But she says that there are ideas, like ideas are in the universe or in our atmosphere, and there are ideas that are looking to be made by people. And if you get the inspiration to make something, then you're being called by that idea to make the thing. And if you don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. So that's when you see your quilt at QuiltCon, like, oh yeah, I had the idea for that quilt, but I didn't make it and somebody else did. If you're having the calling to make the thing, make the thing. And it doesn't matter if it's been done, but it hasn't been done by you. So that's my plug for doing the thing. <laughs> Fine, we'll just, here, do you want this equipment? <laughs> you can just take over. So I have my own podcast. Oh, we'll get to that. Oh, yeah, we're, we're up there. <laughs> Wait, um, what was our checkbox? Uh, the cost of the quilt. The cost of the quilt. So this, uh, I that someone was told told the story. Told the story of the grandma was uh, clearing out all of her fabric so she could prepare to do whatever. And so there was bins and bins and bins, like the big totes full of fabric. And all the daughters had come through. All the daughters-in-law had come through and picked out their whatever they wanted to take with. And then there was still the dozens of bins in the middle of the living room. And the husband said wow, there must be hundreds of dollars of fabric in there. And she said, there must be. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning there was a lot There's more than a love. There was a couple of hundred. <laughs> but I've been thinking about that too. I saw yesterday a post on Facebook. Sorry, for, forgive me if I go over no. whatever. Yeah. So I saw this lady, they were having a sale of someone's stash. And it was like this, Her, she was a fabulous quilter at the time. <laughs> and they were selling her stash. And it was like, Dozens of tables of fabric that were being sold, uh, like yard sale style. Yeah, like yeah, like yards, but on Facebook Marketplace yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, uh-huh. like a like a yard sale style. You guys use the fabric. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop it. storing the fabric for another a rainy day. It's like literally not going to be cool in ten years. They're going to come know. up with a new weave style. And well, like, even the colors change. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I pulled out fabric that I used to love, like ten, like even just five years before. And I pull this fabric out, and then you go to the fabric store to try to match and it, and the shades, the tones, whatever, mm-hmm. are completely different. And I'm like, dude, use the fabric. Yeah. It's use like saving that computer cable because you might need it. No, like no, Abby's going to come out with a new that. cable, yeah. and you're not going to be like, it's worse yeah. than that. It's like clothing. It's like, oh, this you're clothing gonna... will look really hot on me in ten years. No, no, wear it... the fabric, wear the clothing, but use the fabric. Use it. Use it. So my friend Molly Sparkles, you guys know who he is on the in on the on the line on the line <laughs> no <laughs> so molly sparkles is a great quilter he lives in australia he makes he had a really long run of um penis quilts that you might i mean okay. somebody might find interesting anyway but he had a quilt oh, he had a quilt quilt con it was uh-huh. the um yeah I don't know. <laughs> the lava lamp quilt oh, oh the yeah. lava uh-huh. lamp quilt that yeah. was molly sparkles and he's just this really nice cool guy i've never met him personally but we chat a lot anyway so 
Well, when he started the Men Who Quilt group on Facebook, there is a Men Who Quilt group on Facebook if you're a man who quilts and you're on Facebook. That's a little plug. <laughs> Shout out to the gun show. Chris. <laughs> at QuiltCon. Actually, I don't know if he quilts. The gun show. Yeah, you know, like, we were at QuiltCon with the lecture guy, the audio... Oh, the yeah. IT, the IT bouncer, bouncer guy, guy. with the him. muscles. <laughs> with the R. muscles, you would have seen it. Yes. The gun show. The gun okay. show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, he had a quilt along last year called the Cut It Up Quilt Along, and he focused. He was focusing on Tula Pink. Um, this is like you guys stop saving this fabric for a rainy day. The rainy day's here. Use the fabric. So I'm doing that right Good. now. I know. I'm hoarding some starry fabric. Oh. Um, and I'm like. I need to use it eventually, but I don't know what that precious project will be. And so it might be okay to save a little bit, like for a future project, yeah. you know, that you'd really like, but, cause there's some fabrics that I'm like, oh, wish I could have get my hands back on that one. But I just pulled out all my Carolyn Freelander pre-cuts and I'm just digging through them, cutting them up. So Good. she's my precious fabric maker I guess <laughs> everyone has one yeah uh -huh. or two it's fine yeah it's fine yeah. but cut it up use it use the good fabric use yep. the fabric make the thing enjoy the thing mm. while you're here so what's your favorite part of the quilting process I love designing I love piecing um I mostly design in my head so I don't really I'm not really good at getting stuff out on paper because I think if I can't even make it how could I design <laughs> I don't know but I usually just design in my head as I'm making blocks so I love to make blocks I love the process of just sitting down and sewing blocks the mind called the mindless active sewing you know and that's where I really get into the um kind of meditation aspect of quilting for me is just that like like the soul breathing, the um, singing. I like to sing when I quilt. So I'll turn on whatever. Lately it's Taylor Swift. <laughs> right. And I'll just like turn on whatever music I like. And I'll just sing the top of my lungs, is, you know, and peace and make blocks. And then when the blocks are done, that's when I kind of try, try to figure out how they're going to go together. Usually I just do like a scrappy log cabin. So there's no two blocks that are the same and there's no two quilts that are the same. And I made like... I made three now of uh, the same the same quilt in the last year. So now I'm kind of doing something, I'm going back to a previous project, but I just love the process of making blocks and then figuring out something to do with them. So I, I was thinking about a collab. Oh yeah, a collab. If anybody wants yeah, to we collab. Talked about this. I, I love yeah. making blocks. If you want to take my blocks and make them into a top, <laughs> however you want and send them back I'll quilt it and we could do a collab that way or you could quilt it or we could quilt together whatever I don't know but I love making blocks and that's probably my favorite part putting them together is like the second hardest part I don't like putting I like putting them together I don't like the blocks oh, I don't like I the blocks hate, part I, I hate which is why rows. you gave me the t-shirt quilt you're like yeah. here I started it will you finish here's this here's all these t-shirts <laughs> will you just do it will you just do something with this yeah. um but yeah, this, the rows and the things, I don't have a good design wall. I don't have a good way. You know, usually I'll sew with a friend. I sew with my friend, Julie. So we lay them out on my bed. I'll pick up the blocks, run them into her. She sews them. I'll run them back, lay them back out, you know, but uh, that's my second favorite. My second least favorite. By then I'm done with the quilt. I don't want to see it again. So people are like, do you like long arming your own quilts? I'm like, God, no. Like after I'm done with that, I don't want to see that thing again for until it's quilted. Uh -huh. And that's how I, that's how I learned too. Like we, when I started quilting, we would just pay a long armor. Um, so it was like, 
you send this beautiful quilt top away and it comes back freshly quilted. You forget you're what like, it looks like. You're like, oh, this I is I actually like it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then you love it. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then, and then, and then you have to bind it, which is my least no, favorite because part. because then you just I have someone it. else bind it for oh. you. <laughs> so I have people in my life that I trade binding for. So I would I do long army for them and they would bind for me. But like there's one lady I owe like thousands of dollars. <laughs> and I, owe, I will catch up with you before you expire. But, oh my God. Well, because people are getting, you know. They're old. <laughs> just kidding but yeah I, I have a niece that will bind for my, my niece loves binding so all those love loud projects I've been working mm-hmm. on she took all these mini projects and has been binding like she went on th- something for school flew to wherever and she took like 20 little mini projects that she could bind on the airplane I'm like oh, bless your heart but she studies that she does it and it helps her study so <laughs> yeah That's cool. so if you don't love something it's totally okay to farm it's- it out <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> trade, trade away trade. for it's it. It's true. Like trade for uh-huh. binding. You're a long armor. Just trade mm-hmm. for binding. That's a good idea. There are people that love to bind. Not my thing. I had it. one quilt. I can I tell this story really fast? Yeah. I had one quilt that I had given to my niece unquilted. I mean unbound. I had given it to my niece unbound. And she was always okay. I'll bind it. And I had the binding sewn on one side already. So she had started it and had these. And then she had started it. And I borrowed it to take to a... Um, presentation I did for a quilt guild so I did I've done trunk shows for quilt guilds before so I took it to this one quilt guild and this old lady's like I'll finish it for you she's like 90 something <laughs> years old I'll finish it I'll finish it I said okay you know so I gave it to her so I get it back and my niece's stitches were just perfect quarter inch <laughs> stitches and the grandma's were just not <laughs> perfect at all and I'm like if anyone then does this I will shoot you it's so, so cute I love so it it's so darling so I kind of want that quilt back I might ask for it back it's not being used where it's at just ask her hey I need to hey, borrow that, that and then exactly I have done that with my quilt con quilt I gave it to my friend and then I asked for it back but I have to give it back to her yeah. it's fine yeah. it's fine yeah. she's fine with it yeah well you put it in the show last summer right um, that, that quilt. Is that, that the one? Yeah, the. What show? Was it in Logan or Brigham City? Oh, in Brigham. It was in Logan at okay. the. Yeah, it was in Logan at a quilt show. Yeah. Sponsored by Melissa DeLeon Mason. Quilt all the things. At hashtag quilt all the things underscore. Um, so you also recently started a podcast. Can you, yeah. Can you tell us what prompted you to start it and what your hopes for your audience is? I did. I love, I love listening to podcasts. I think my favorite is the Dak Shepard mm-hmm. one. Armchair expert. Armchair expert. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I think, I just love the way that he, I, I just love the way that, how do I say this? I love hearing the um, celebrities, I did celebrities in quotes. So I like a little hearing this little just celebrities talk about their life, you know, and what's really going on with them, you know. So I've heard a lot of things like, um, anyway, so that's why, that's what I really prompted it was I love, I like listening to podcasts. Um, and I always wanted to do a podcast and I really wanted to talk to people about quilting, but I couldn't kind of figure out the, my angle, what would differentiate me. Um, and then last fall, um, I just had a friend and she's like, I, I, I just had a thought, well, what about men, um, making for mental health and using how good it is to make for your mental health. So that's my focus is hashtag making for mental health. It's called Quilty Friends. Um, and so far right now it's just on YouTube, but my goal is to really just interview quilters, my quilty friends 
and other people and really care about their life. But I've also been like last, the last couple of weeks as the, there's been a lot of, I don't know, chatter surrounding drag queens and transgender youth and people like that. So I have a friend who's transgender and I'm going to have her come talk to us as well. Just interview her journey about that. And so even though she's, she's like, I'm not a quilter. I'm like, I don't care. I just want to know. I just want to help you tell your story. I'm a quilter and you're my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah quilty quilty friend. friends. That's what quilty <laughs> friends mean. So you can be a quilter and a friend, or you can just be a friend who's not a quilter. But that's my goal is to really focus on making for mental health, what you can do to make using your hands. So studies show that making something tangible with your hands is good for your mental health. And that's why, for me, the piecing process is very therapeutic because just that act of just pushing the fabric through the machine kind of helps me slow my breathing and de-stress a little bit. So if you're not making for mental health yet, you should really pick up something. Um, yeah, so that was the main reason. Just because I love podcasts. So I'm only on YouTube right now, but hopefully I'll get on some other platforms coming soon. Awesome. Yeah. All right, well, we've taken so much of your time, and we are so grateful to have had you join us today. Um, we will, of course, be linking Johnny's podcast, Quilty Friends, and his Instagram in our show notes. Um, I hope you'll go watch over on YouTube. Um, when is our episode coming out? Oh, I was going to do it today, okay. but I'll wait till you guys drop this episode. Yeah, we'll talk about that. They'll just, be, like, kind of simultaneous. Yeah, we'll I talk about in, timing. I just inhaled water. <laughs> <laughs> that out um yeah so i'm gonna drop it the same day you guys drop this one oh like so we can like, like do you know duel. like coordinating or something it's i was gonna do it it's i was gonna do this morning campaign. but it didn't happen so it's, it's, fine. Okay. it's fine yeah you have your own schedule that's the best part of working for yourself exactly <laughs> yeah. our podcast our rules <laughs> is there anything else you want to share with our listeners no just thank you guys so much for being for being you so i yeah. They, ditto. You both just embraced me for who I am and for all that I am. And I just really appreciate it. So thank you. I love you. I love you. You're darling. Love you too. <laughs> Bye. 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 This was such a great episode to sit and record with our good friend. We are so glad that you listened in. Um, I didn't know this story from Johnny until just very recently, and I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to sit down and talk with him and then let him share this story. Um, before we wrap up, we wanted to take a moment and share and let you know that if you are having thoughts or ideations of suicide or harming yourself, that you are always able to call 988 for help and resources or 911 in an emergency. We just want all of you listeners to know that you are so loved and appreciated and wanted in this world and to take a moment and care for yourself if you're feeling that you or a loved one is in need of that this week. Additionally, you can find each of us, including our lovely guest Johnny, in the show notes and follow along on each of our journeys with this quilting world um and that's all that we have for you today thank you so much for listening guys bye threadheads the 
Grateful Thread podcast is created, hosted, and produced by Ashlyn Downs, Lacey Messerly, and our sound engineer is Nicholas Downs. Don't forget that we need your help in reaching our new goal of 100 five-star ratings and would so appreciate if you could take 10 seconds of your time to click those five stars and leave a comment saying where you where you're listening from and remember that if you didn't like our podcast feel free to whisper your message into a glass bottle cork it up and throw it into the ocean just kidding don't do that that's littering but just five stars are bust <laughs> bye threadheads Welcome, Dirty. <laughs> Dirty? <laughs> oh, yes. I love that. I can cut that. <laughs> you have all those on your nails? Yeah, I chopped them off. Yeah. Because this one broke and this one broke. Like, the tips broke off. And so every six uh, months I get them hacked down. And now I feel like I can be so fast. <laughs> well, I, I took my yeah. nail off. Yeah. And I, every time the, I go to text, just it's, it's way off. Like, because <laughs> Same. Like, Same. Same. Like I was used to this. <laughs> like my words are all wrong because yeah. I'm tra- getting used to texting like this again, not like this. I've been getting so pissed off <laughs> doing Wordle too. <laughs> Same. <laughs> oh, that's funny. How do you text with your nails? Is the sides? Yeah, because your nail comes out so far. Or like the bottom. Uh huh. And you, so like you kind of have it calculated. Yeah, you to, like, do. How where you need to put your thumb to like get it to touch and like that's when like the nail's gone it's like that mil- centimeter yeah over. i would say a couple centimeters <laughs> o- like a centimeter over because you're used to where it was so i'm just, like i'm hitting the one just next to it because i'm too far <laughs> nails i don't know okay all right <coughs> i'm ready that sounds really good in the microphone <laughs> It's a boring voice still. Great voice. You sound amazing. You do sound amazing. I chatted the whole way down. Like, yeah. I talked her ear off. We and finally, up. I'm like, I usually um, have to sing on the way down. Uh-huh. I woke up, I was like, well, I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, to get warmed up. Okay, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you have a great voice. Okay. You're going to sound so good on this. Okay. Otherwise, I'm just like, oh, good, morning. Good, morning. good morning. Good morning. Like that dance. one on um, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. <laughs> My husband does that in the car. Like, he'll do Girl Scout pickup with like the other kids, and they're like, "Do the, do the flight, do the, do the thing." And so he'll be like, "Uh, niner, niner, we are, we are good for takeoff." Approaching. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Wait. Let me.